that Vegas game is tilting. It's an incredibly high high total. Um, it's one of the highest total games of the week. Both both teams are uh, coming off of a loss, and they the line has moved. It's now like Las Vegas. Um, I think they crossed five, so I think they're like five point favorites. Um, so that that's definitely a tilting game. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, we, we did just go live because you know why not? Uh, why not? Why not? Why not, indeed, since we were talking about stuff anyway. But, uh, yeah, looks like Scott's about to come on here. And I'm going to, if, if you want to fill for a second, I'm just going to send out a quick tweet saying we're going live. Yeah, so so we're we're getting ready to have uh, Jax Falcone, our boy Scott, from the Undroppables. I believe this is his fourth time in the district. Definitely third time. Um, every time he's come on, it's just been awesome. We've had him on for some... Uh, dynasty centric shows. Um, he's he really just brings the heat. Um, the guys is one of our one of our favorite dynasty guests, and uh, he's extremely sharp for redraft. Um, so it's really exciting. You know, we had last week Dan and I were in Las Vegas, um, but I know you guys got to see Brian Drake from uh, from um, the Hustle, the Fantasy Hustle. He came on, um, and then I was yeah, I, my flight got delayed like thirty minutes, so I missed my boy Cody Carpentier. But uh, you guys dropped a really, really good one. I enjoyed listening to that pod. And then I, I did the uh, the waiver wire pod, which I'm going to do every single week this year. So um, we're, we're doing some good things. We've, we've got a bunch of good shows lined up. It's like all of September is lined up. Um, the beginning of October is starting to line up for, for the GOAT district. And uh, it's good stuff, man. It's really exciting. We're, we're back to football. And Dan and I had a um, – I talked a little bit about the waiver wire show – but Dan and Andrew and I split two teams, two very high stakes teams, and uh, we had very, very good starts. Scott, what's going on, man? What's happening? I'm on. I'm here. Hey, Thank you. Hey, welcome, Scott. welcome. Yes, you are on. What's up, guys? Not a lot, dude. Man. We're just excited to talk a little ball with you and uh, get your get your thoughts on uh, opening week and uh, you know the the end of the preseason and uh, you know things looking forward. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of fun. Good to see you guys. Yeah, good, yeah, to, see good to see you as well, man. How excited are you that football's back? And I mean, you were just looking so prospects. good, and you were looking so good in Vegas. I mean, just showing Matt Kelly what a real body looks like. I mean, just showing him up. <laughs> That's my boy, though. Shout out to the Podfather. Um, got to got to hang out with Matt, Cody. Really good guys out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, obviously, I love those and teams. it was it was really special for um, you know, for for me and Dan because it was the first time that the three of us, Andrew, Dan, and I, actually got to sit down. Um, and draft live together. We've mm. drafted so many times, like where we're, we're streaming it, or Dan and I have drafted live together before in person. But to have Andrew there was it was really cool, and, and yeah, our team got cool. off to an awesome start. Awesome start. So we're we're happy. What, what's your team look like in that league? Oh, that team is fun. Um, yes, yes, it is. That team. Uh, that team has AJ Brown. Mm. That that team has Tyree Kill. Let me pull it up, please. They all start to merge together, even though I, I know, know. That that's a fun one. I know it's ridiculous. You're like, wait, I've got that guy. No, not well, there. We got, no, wait, we got I... Darren. So we got Darren Waller. It's tight end premium, um, and we got Darren Waller late. So we were able to get Jerry Judy and Darren Waller um, with all that firepower. So and then, so our team right now is it's a Jonathan Taylor team. We got him at the 103. He wow. fell to us, uh, and then we followed up with Tyree Kill and AJ Brown. Then we had like we're sitting there live. And I, I wanted to pull the trigger on Waller. We love Judy, too. So we risked it. 
Jerry Judy, we were able to get him. And then Darren Waller came back around to us. And then all of the running backs we've drafted, they all like started they, like Antonio Gibson. We had a great start from him. Yeah. And then Mike, Michael Carter, um, you know, we drafted for depth, but it looks like he's going to be, you know, very much a flex play for the next few weeks. So our team is, our team has a lot of juice. Yeah. I had a, uh, you yeah, know, that's a pretty nice little team. I had a, uh, Oh, you've got McKinnon. It's over. It's fucking yeah. over. And, you win the league. And, and we got Curtis Samuel. Um, yeah. So we, we ran pure on that <laughs> one. So Yeah, there's no way you could lose at this point. I don't see Gabe Davis. It's the only problem. No, I'm just uh, – Um, I was at the 103 in a draft, and I was, like, just ready to smash Justin Jefferson. And it went um, – it went, like, JT Cup. And I was, like – fuck, now I have to take CMC. And it was like, it's, you know, it's bittersweet because the whole time I'm like, I know everybody thinks like in that particular league that I'm taking cup over, you know, uh, J- JJ, but I was I was locked in on Justin Jefferson and, you know, consolation prize, I guess. It's weird. It's weird when you have to stick to your board instead of, I almost took Justin Jefferson. But in that very league, I had made the mistake years ago. Uh, I think it was like two years ago. I took, it was like the CMC you know, superstar year. So it must've been two or three years ago, whatever it was. I'm trying, I lose, they all blend together as you point out. 2019, I think. I think that yeah, was his So year it was like his, his last superstar year, you know, I was like, oh my God, it's he's league winner and everything. And, uh, and I took like Zeke in front of him because it was filled with cowboy fans and I wanted to extract value and trade with, and it never of course worked out and it was a total catastrophe. And uh, so, but I, I wanted CMC, but I was like, I got selfish, you know? So, I had to take CMC this time, otherwise I'd have lost my, you know, fantasy football card. <laughs> gotta, gotta like it. Gotta like it. Not uh, getting CMC, but yep. it's it's uh it's awesome to get like the real games back. And uh, I love week two because I think week two, as excited as we get for week one, I think week two you see NFL teams sometimes tweak things. We've seen guys break out in week two. I know you're a big dynasty guy. We've seen guys break out in week two, teams self-scout, teams change things up. Um, so and a lot of narratives are kind of rewritten. So I'm, I'm super excited for week two, and we've got an awesome, awesome game tonight. Or how excited are you yeah. for the Chiefs and the Chargers? I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like actually the probably the best matchup, uh, divisional matchup in the league, right? I mean, I, I can't think of a better one. So we get that twice a year. I think that's the best one. I mean, Herbert Mahomes, like, I, yeah, I don't think there's a better – Oh, Jets, Dolphins, maybe. No. Yeah. Uh, and then Saints, uh, Bucks hasn't been great for fantasy, but it's always a great matchup. Yeah. So that game is wild right now. All these guys are missing practice. Um, it's like uh, people are talking about like you know Mark Ingram potentially getting a getting a start, and I think Mike Evans is out today. Uh, so we already have no Godwin. Um, it's, Evans it's is a out. Weird one, but I don't know well, if he's they, out. I think that he was banged up. I think he missed practice. He missed practice, yeah. I believe. Don't do that to me. I, I've got, a, I, I've I got an Evans spot. I didn't even look at him. I think he's expected to play, but Julio is a lot more questionable. Gage is a little more questionable. Oh, you made um, me think it was tonight. Sorry. I was like, wait, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not tonight. Scare me like that. No. <laughs> Evans, I was like, You still wait, have no. time on that unless you, yeah, yeah. unless you have to throw in Jarrett McKinnon to cover no, for no, one no. of them. So. Yeah. No, and we'll, and we'll get out of here before – we'll give ourselves 10 minutes before the game to panic – uh, switch our lineups, guys. Um, so don't worry if you have any any the ones teams you got to check or anything like that. We're always we're always down the last minute here. And Dan and I have uh, it's sort of a little Tom Brady revenge narrative here, at least for Dan and I, because we had a big, big, big team that got knocked out in the playoffs when the uh, I think that was like nineteen ten. 
Um, that was like that ugly game yeah. where New Orleans just smoked them. Yeah, um, the, the and Tom Brady dud. Yes. That was a tough one. We we had Tampa Bay stacks, and we felt so good. Yes. Uh, and we had we had Kamara rocking, too, in that game. It was like a, a perfect storm, and it yeah, went and under by, like, 35. Mm-hmm. And, and we were supposed to have had Fournette, but he went out with a hammy, like, the week prior or whatever, two weeks prior. Yep. I, f- I forget which. But anyway, yeah, he, he was out. Brady dudded. Uh, Kamara dudded. Um, Antonio Brown uh, did whatever Antonio Brown did. And, there were a lot of Tom Brady teams that went went south that day. Oh. Um, I know I had a, a lot of dynasty teams that did it because like, if you have Brady, you know you didn't spend up on him. So like very likely he was you were riding him to a championship. You know it's like right. he was so you know he was such a late round pick. I mean comparatively, yeah. Um, you know he, he returned so much value last year. I, I had so many third place teams last year because of that crap. But you know hey, third at least is still cashing. So. Yep, it, it, still got it paid is on what those you were ones. hoping for, but it's at least something. Yep, <laughs> and not on the show sheet, but uh, what do you think of uh, of how how Brady looked against Dallas and uh, Julio? Certainly looked really promising. Yeah, I mean, by the way, uh, I did a lot of prep for the show. I I did not look at the show sheet whatsoever because I was running my kids around, and then I took my son home, and we played Minecraft together right up until we started uh, started the pot. I literally put down my pickaxe, walked in here and made it happen. But uh, no, I, I am looking at it right now, but I have, I loved, uh, I thought Brady looked fine. I mean, they were like just a little off. Like they should have, they could have rocked the Cowboys. Like uh, if, if they could have scored a couple touchdowns, like he missed uh, Julio on a slant that could have scored a touchdown. And uh, I think he missed gauge for another one. They just took a lot of field goals. And, you know, if a couple of those field goals were touchdowns, uh, they would have, they would have had a big day. And, Julio had that big ball down the left sideline where he was kind of crossing deep a la Randy Moss circa 2000 and whatever the fuck and uh, just didn't come up with a Brady underthrew him a little bit. I think Brady will get sharper, um, but, uh, yeah, I thought I thought they looked fine. They're going to be great, huh? I love that team, too. Like, they played a lot of four wide. I was kind of curious whether they would do that, and I don't think it'll matter much because between Julio's fragility and Godwin being out and Gage being hurt, I think one of those – and even Evan sometimes is bumped and bruised – I think one of those guys will always be hurt all year, you know, or at least not 100%. And so they'll really just ride the other two or three or whoever's healthy. But uh, when they were all healthy, they did decide to play him four sometime, uh, which was fun. Um, and I think also Rashad White looks like the pure, clean yes. backup oh, yeah. to Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So if anything were to happen to Fournette, Rashad White would have a, a huge upside. Uh, I do think, by the way, that they would – uh, t- bring someone in, whether it be Keyshawn Vaughn or some someone else, to take a lot of the empty carries from Rashad White. So I don't think he would be, you know, a twenty carry guy. I just don't think that they can see him that way. But uh, he would get all that pass work, and he'd get a lot. He would be an upside RB one. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I think that he um he would he would have so much work in the passing game that it would just be super super exciting for him. Um, like he looks the part. He looks yeah. really good. He, and. I mean, I'd love to have complete Rashad White shares in Dynasty. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy who moves up big time. Fournette's old. You know, Fournette's uh, 27 uh, and heading on 28 during the season. So, you know, those things change quickly. And um, Rashad White, if you have a chance to get him in your Dynasty leagues, uh, go ahead and and make an offer for him. Yeah, looking back on my uh, Dynasty um, rankings, I had Rashad White ahead of James Cook and Damian Pierce, and I took Rashad White ahead of those guys every single time. And, for a little while, it was starting to feel like a big mistake. 
And I was like, oh, my God, did I fuck that one up, you know? And now it feels better again. So, I mean, that's how Dynasty is. Like, you kind of have to stick with it and, um, you know, ride the good with the bad. Sometimes players come full circle, a la Juju. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, you know, when all else fails, trust the talent. Uh, yeah. And, and before all else fails, trust the talent. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, and, and, and as far as uh, tonight's show sheet, don't worry about it. Uh, no, I'm there. Two, two, thing, two things around here, Scott. First, uh, family comes before football with all of us. So. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. No, worry, but, no worries on but that. But I'm a pro. Second, I can pretend. I, I That was just a the, look behind the curtain. You can ask me well, the questions as if I'd have months to prepare, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. All right. Sounds good. But, yeah, this, this is going to be like, uh, what was that old game show? Was it... Uh, Ten thousand dollar pyramid or whatever, where every you great. could just say pass anytime you had a question. Oh, it was a great didn't. show though. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you if you get to a question, you just you don't you don't deal with it. Just say pass. Yeah, right. we got, we got plenty more. So, but anyway, let's. Uh, you, yeah, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, you know, as long as we're on Tampa, um, any, any thoughts on Fournette re-injuring the right hamstring? Um, you know, we know that's been an issue for him before, but it didn't sound serious to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, concerns? I mean, if you have Fournette, you're concerned. If you have Rashad White, you're happy. I mean, because that's it, man. I think it's just Rashad is just a straight backup, and and so it is what it is. I mean, that, that's kind of why I really liked Rashad in the rookie draft um, was because as much as Fournette is big, strong, durable guy, he also is a soft tissue guy, you know, like where, mm-hmm. you know, you could see the hammies and things like that being an issue, uh, not really like beat up like, you know, oh, he's out with a – broken rib or shoulder i don't know he's a fucking tough dude but when it comes down to it i think he could have some of those you know just like i said soft tissue stuff you know strained calf you know what i mean yep. stuff like that um so i don't know you gotta yeah. you gotta ride with it i mean that's this is the nfl so be ready and i wonder if you know the bucks i think have big aspirations for for what they how they end up this year um i think you know maybe they manage him a little bit yep. where he might only get 13 or so starts um, which I think is fine with the Bucks. I think they, yeah. that they're they're good enough that they can survive. So I think that's one thing to consider is um, I don't think they'll put it on like they're not going to treat him like Najee Harris where they're going to put him out, no you know, yeah. for, for, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's one other thing to look at with Fournette. But anytime he's on the field, he's getting you 15 points or more. Um, yeah. He looks very, very good. Yeah, you'd rather have him be a, a scratch than a, than a limited, you know, because, right. you know, like oh he, he played only forty percent of the snaps because they were trying to rest them up you know I, that that you don't want so hopefully they they avoid that or Fournette avoids that uh, all season I mean you know either he's in or out that like that's just what you want you either want you know sixty percent plus or nothing at all yeah for sure so what uh, Scott what was your any big lessons from last week um, you know that kind of hit home to you as you were watching the games. Yeah, man, it's the same one, and I've been preaching it. Like, don't pay attention to the preseason whatsoever at all. I mean, almost whatsoever at all. Like, especially the coach speak, the narratives, and all that stuff. Like, I don't know how much we learn from that. I mean, we sometimes I think you learn more that hurts you than that helps you. Like, I don't know. Like, I just take those things so, so loosely, and, and it's really just roster. Like, I just like to look at the roster, who made a roster, who didn't make a roster, um, you know, that's about it. I mean, I, I, I think that's the big thing because so many of the, so many of the things that we thought, you know, Damian Pierce is a key example. Like, you know, there was so much, you know, narrative around it. I'm not saying that the kid will never be good, but everybody was moving him all the way up to what was it like? I mean, he was, well, you guys drafted late uh, yeah, on that Thursday. Where did he go in that draft? 
you saw him as high as the fifth round in some of these drafts. He, he, he probably touched. went there in that round, right? I mean, yeah, in that, yeah, in that yeah. draft, in right? In that draft, he did. Yeah. So there you go. Like, that's not good. Don't do that. And don't do that next year. You know, don't do that, you know? And a yeah, lot of teams I, looked at Pierce as a guy that they could start with, like, a zero build, and, and you treat him like an A.J. Dillon. So, you know, that that really, really hurts. So you rarely saw Damian Pierce being drafted as, like, a – an RB2 to like a, a team that we used a running back in the first round. It seemed like yeah. it was, this is the exciting young back. I'm going to draft wide receivers and tight ends. And then this is going to be my guy that beats ADP. So it's, I think it really hurts people. Yeah. Well, I, awful. You know, it was even worse than that, Scott. Uh, Damian Pierce went at the 407 in this draft. It's awful. I mean, there this, you go. That's the, the that's and this what I'm was a draft about. with a, uh, a very large entry fee too. Right. So. That's right. Yeah, it's not it's, bullshit. That's right. A very yeah, we're large not even going to reveal. We're not even going to say the entry fee because in case the IRS is listening in on us, that's we don't right, want yeah. to mess around with it. <laughs> we're not exactly saying right. it. That's right. Yep. I'm well. I'm well aware of that. What that one is, and I won't. I won't out you guys. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, so, Theo, what about you? Biggest lesson. From so last week? we 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 talked about this in the, in the pregame. I think that when teams lose um, key players late, I think we need to pay a little more attention to it because. Rondell Moore went down, and it looked like the Cardinals really struggled. Um, they made up, you know, they scored some points in garbage time, but they did not look good. Uh, they have a potential bounce-back game against Vegas uh, this week. I, I don't think they'll win, but I think the offense could look a little better. Um, and Tyson Smith goes down for Dallas. They insert a rookie uh, left tackle, and it did not look good. That t- The team looked like they're going to struggle a lot this year. So for me, um, I think especially for late drafting, we need to pay attention that the next man in when the next man in doesn't have time to prepare and the next man in is a big talent downgrade. Um, it doesn't always work out very well. So that's, that's one big lesson for me from week one. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think just to kind of piggyback on what Scott said, uh, you know, a lot of the, the preseason bullshit, you just have to filter out. Um, uh, but you know, the steady drum beats are the ones you want to pay attention to when you're getting the same thing from the coaching staff, you know, basically all preseason long or whatever, you know, like uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, we were hearing uh, very negative things about Tony, very positive things about Barkley. Uh, you know, things like that, I think definitely matter. And, you know, just separating out what uh, what appears to be, uh, you know, conjecture on the part of the beat writers or them trying to parse out, you know, small statements by the, the coaches, you know, wherever you can uh, try to go back to the, the original source and, figure out, you know, does this really mean anything or not? Because, you know, as Scott said, a lot of times it just really doesn't mean anything. But if you can find the times where it does, it's uh, it can be incredibly valuable. I, I think the other thing, too, it's so weird, but, like, I mean, outside of the top, really, really top-level guys, you're almost better off fading all rookies, too, like, especially rookie wide receivers. Like, I don't know, it, like, even, you know, I guess Waddle paid off last year. Justin Jefferson paid off once. Like, obviously, Chase. Like, those guys are a little different. But, like, you know, thinking, like, Elijah Moore last year, Rashad Bateman. um, This year it feels like, um, you know, guys as far as David Bell, Jalen Tolbert. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of guys where you're like, you know, Garrett Wilson didn't do much. Even Olave was fine. But I don't know. Sometimes you got to be a little – if you're going to draft those guys, you got to be willing to be patient because now if you're sitting on Olave, you're like, I don't know. Is he gonna like? Is he gonna have a Justin Jefferson season where he like takes off? Because you remember Justin Jefferson? I dropped him in a league. I would never forget. I would have won that league had I held on to him. 
after like week one or two because he was getting outplayed by BC Johnson. Next week he goes off and has the greatest rookie season since Odell Beckham or probably better. So, you know, it's, it's really, that's the tough one is kind of getting the rookies right. Um, because, you know, even George Pickens right now, what did he get one catch? I mean, he did get an end zone uh, target and mm-hmm. it's just hard. You know, you don't have as much data to back up what you're really drafting. So you really want to go risk reward there and be careful, you know? Mitch, Mitch certainly didn't help out Pickens on that one. If he connects, he, he had a wide open touchdown there. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I do think that sometimes those guys' roles do expand. Um, and I think if you want to take the inverse of your reaction would be that we should have looked maybe at these veterans like DJ yeah. Shark and Jarvis Landry, who had a clear path, yes. previous fantasy success, and now they look like flexible guys every week. Um, yep. So I think that it kind of goes hand in hand. We want the next big thing, but sometimes the next big thing might be a veteran who just landed correctly. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Jarvis Landry's a great point right there. He's just, you know, every – I forget what number he is, like, but he's a different number. And uh, he was, like, open. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Oh, that's Jarvis Landry for a big play, you know? And downfield, too. Jameis is, yeah. is, is throwing him downfield. It's, like, weird. It's, like, Landry, you're used to, like, the low A dot stuff. And he, he was goes downfield. Home to Louisiana, yeah. and he's, yeah. like – it, like yeah. it's like you know the the home cooking made him made him gain a gain a like a like, made him go down a second in his forty or something. I don't, I don't know if we're there. I, I'm not looking at the show sheet, but um, how about did you guys watch that New Orleans Atlanta game? I absolutely loved how Atlanta looked. Like yeah, I, right. all right, yeah. Put it this way, tell me tell me this. If you just like there's no names, there's no nothing. I just like you woke up from a, a coma for ten years and you watched that game and I was like, okay, watch this football game. You watched Atlanta, you'd be like, are they like the best team in the league? Like Mariota was fast, he was zipping it down the field, he was running and scrambling, and Cordell Patterson was fucking housing fools. Like he was running people over, he was quick, he was fast. Like Patterson looked like a top five back, and Mariota looked like you know a world beater. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying, like, they looked really, really good. And I thought the Saints were supposed to be a good defense. I don't know, man, but they looked really good. They got off to a 26-10 lead, and they kind of sat on the ball and lost the game that way. But they were playing that stretch play action where I just thought Mariota looked really, really good in that offense. So I was really, really hopeful for all the weapons there. They had, they allowed no sacks to New Orleans. <laughs> there you and, go. Um, you know, so that's that was <laughs> that was crazy. And I, and I agree with you. Like, Mariota looked really good. Um, he ran for 70 yards, and you think back to the success Arthur Smith had with Tannehill. Yep, this could be a thing. And Pitts did nothing, right? And you know Pitts is coming, so that yes. offense is—they're very sneaky. Um, they're they're getting a lot of points against the Rams. If I was in Vegas with Dan, I think I would put a little something on Atlanta this week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, what, the, what's the, the what's the, the spread right now? I'm going to look at that because I think that yeah. was one of the games I circled too. Yeah, so the one, the thing that surprised me the most was how much the Atlanta defense was making the New Orleans offense look bad early in yeah. the game. I was, you know, I'm sitting there watching that. We're at the, the sports book, you know, and games going on everywhere. And my eye just kept getting drawn to that game because I was like, what is going on here? Is, is New Orleans offensive line that bad or is Atlanta's defense that good? And I think it was more Atlanta's defense. Yeah, they're getting 10 on the road in in, uh, in L.A. Oh, I really man. like it, especially – hey, you, you just said it. Atlanta's defensive line was, like, really doing a great job against New Orleans. How are they going to do against that awful, shitty, terrible <laughs> L.A. Rams offensive line? Uh, yeah. Seriously, they, they looked awful. They couldn't pass block. They couldn't run block. I know we're going to get on Cam Akers, and trust me, I'm <laughs> – 
I'm ready for it. But um, you, you really want to have some fun. Put uh, put eighty percent, uh, you know, of, of, of what you would normally put on that game on the uh, you money know, line. Atlanta to cover and put twenty percent just on the money line. Money line, absolutely. <laughs> and when you were when you were on with us um, previously, we were talking about the the rookie class incoming because we were focused on dynasty uh, rookie drafts. You yeah. had to have been super excited about Drake London, how much time he missed, and he's able to come back and flash like that. I mean, he looks like the real, real deal. Yep, he looked he looked exactly like you wanted him to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he made big catches across the middle, you know, not uh, not too shallow. Um, you know, he was in the medium uh, quadrants of the football field across the middle, making big catches, getting hit and holding up. Um, yeah, I thought he looked really good. And, and exactly what he needs to do in that offense. Like I said, I mean, it's a perfect fit. Uh, Pitts was kind of weird. He didn't do anything, just the two uh, short catches. But, like, you know, they, they run that stretch play action where it's like it really puts pressure on the defense because Patterson is so big, strong, and fast to get to the edge. And then Mariota's so sh- fast to, like, change the geometry of the field very quickly with play action. You know, they kind of run that old stuff that, uh, you know, Brady used to run with that stretch play action. But Brady just had to stand there and throw it. But, you know, um, Mariota was standing there. He's all by himself. He's patting the ball. He's just like, and then there's nothing there, and he just take off for like twenty. You're like, holy shit! Like this is kind of a dangerous thing, like what they're doing. So I, I thought it, I thought it looked really, really good. And if Drake London's going to play in that in that offense where he can sort of take his time, let his route develop, and be open in the intermediate stuff, yeah, it could be really good for him this year. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so any any sell highs that you're looking at, dynasty or uh, or draft either one? Yeah, Ceh, right. Yeah, um, it was a wonky game. Um, he, first of all, he caught two touchdown passes. I don't know how you know sustainable that will be. Um, he, you know, he wasn't the lead back. Um, McKinnon played more than him, and Pacheco played almost as much as him. And I know Pacheco played to sort of run out the clock, so who knows exactly how that would have gone. But um, yeah, I think Ceh. If you if anybody's valuing him as a you know even a high end RB two. I'd take that value and run. Um, you know, if you can get Miles Sanders or something like that, I'd, I'd rather. And I'll throw out Darrell Henderson, who I yeah, really, probably. really like. And I'm glad to have him in redraft. But I think that this is, if you're playing Dynasty, unless you're a win-now team, um, it might be a nice time to, to you know, check and see what people be willing to pay you for, for Darrell Henderson. Um, I think that people are convinced that, and I, I agree with them, <clears throat> that the job is his. But I don't see him as a guy that's like a long-term answer at running back. I think if Akers is dust yeah. um, or Akers struggles to get back, then I think that they're going to look to upgrade in the offseason. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, boy, Akers. I'll touch Akers because you guys want me to do it. So, <laughs> so Akers, you know, the one thing I've said about Akers subsequent even to our conversation was like, okay, so a guy like, um, you know, even James Robinson – was never winning with like pure athleticism, right? You know, he's a he's a savvy, nuanced back. You know, Frank Gore, he lost all of his athleticism but was successful because he was a tough, hard-nosed, instinctual, nuanced runner, you know? And that is not who Cam Akers is. You know, Cam Akers from the beginning was this sort of electric, explosive player who was going to make some mistakes, but mistakes be damned, he was going to also hit some home runs. Well, if he's been sapped of any explosion due to the Achilles or due to the atrophy from the Achilles. I don't give a shit what it is. Then he now becomes not a very exciting player because the one trait that I thought was his 
you know, calling card is not there anymore, or, or is it? I don't know, right? We, we'll find out. But um, if it's not, I think his his efficacy is basically limited because he's not a he's not a nuanced runner. That's just not what he is. So, um, you know, I think um, Daryl Henderson looked quicker, faster, and more shifty, and he just looked better, right? I mean, not hard to do though. Right. Yeah. I, and, and in fairness, I think it's a little bit too soon to uh, you know to draw conclusions on Acres. Totally. Uh, and, and I also think it's a little bit too soon to draw conclusions on uh james robinson as well um uh, you know it, it you know we're we're talking about sell highs james robinson would definitely be one for me because yes. uh, you know it, it could have just as easily been etn scoring those touchdowns and you know the the lines look a lot different for those two players and it's yep. not necessarily you know i'm not necessarily referring to his uh achilles i think i think you're right on uh in that you know he doesn't rely on that that burst in the same way that uh acres does but, uh, you know, it, it, it's just ATN is, you know, I, I think going to have better days. And as a result, probably uh, Robinson's going to have worse days. So, so mo- moving into that, uh, how about uh, any buy lows, <clears throat> Scott? Um, pass go go with you i've okay. got a couple but hold on I was so prepared. so my my biggest buy low I'm a, I'm a long island guy um would be garrett wilson um like garrett wilson for the last couple of weeks we've heard and i never bought the narrative that braxton barrios and Corey davis were going to hold him down and Corey davis ended up with a fine stat line but i i think that those guys are are what they are garrett wilson looked really really good he could have had a touchdown um i think that his breakout game is coming um, I think that I'm, you know, I'm an Elijah Moore guy, but I think that there's a chance that, a, you know, a, in a year from now, maybe in three months from now, we're looking at Garrett Wilson as the clear wide receiver that you want to roster there in Dynasty. I think he's the real deal, and I would kick the tires on him. Um, I think Traylon Burks, a big game is coming for him. I think it might come this week. They play Buffalo. There's, I think you could see six for 75 and a touchdown out of Burks this week. They're going to have to keep up. Um, and you know, if anybody in your league is nervous about Kyle Pitts' first week stat line, you know, <laughs> you might want to find the, 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 the weak owner and, and, and make an offer to him. Nobody's selling Pitts, though. Those, those two rookies was, would be my buy low. Yeah, I think, I think Pitts is a great answer, and it was the one I was going to give. I, I think C.D. Lamb, I mean, you're going to ask about it, so I didn't want to spoil the show, show sheet. But, you yeah, know, I posted, a, I thought, a pretty good tweet um, about C.D. Lamb, how, like, the ceiling play that we saw and envisioned for C.D. is now gone. Like, you know, when you're drafting him in best ball and redraft this year, or if you were rostering him in dynasty, you're like, you saw the ceiling, you know, 150 targets and a high powered offense with a, with a, with a great quarterback and a good, like, and everything now is like the coaching staff looks, you know, overmatched immediately. The offensive line was awful, Um, you know, to add injury to insult. Dak was not good. And now he's hurt. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's just really, really bad. And so, like, all of the things that you're hoping for, like, they all feel gone. And and honestly, CD didn't look that good either. Like, he had a drop. He just – now, granted, he can have a bad game. I mean, he's he's proven himself in the league to know that he's at least, you know, adequate enough and good enough to be – a volume receiver in the league and, and do well and like he's not a bad player we know we know that but right. like he's not a bad player but let me ask you this yeah does he have that dog in him 
I thought so. Um, not last, not the other night though. That's for sure. Sure didn't look like it then. Yeah. No, right. no, that was that, not the uh, game you'd point to, to to prove the point. So uh, Jacob Sanderson, um, another player profiler guy, um, real sharp. He's been on the Goat District. He made the point of um, he made the point of offering Michael Pittman for CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you're if you're not a contender. That's a move I would consider making. Like I think CD's very, very talented. Um, it just comes down to can you stomach these next few weeks? Because you know, without Dak, you have to treat him as a, I'd say, low end wide receiver too. Yeah, I think to be Bingo. realistic. Um, yep. And while Pittman is a wide receiver one right now, so it's can you stomach it? But I think if you had to. If I had to to track the next five years, I would probably lean CD Lamb. So, yeah, would you go DJ Moore or would you go CD Lamb? CD Lamb. I mean, because so, yeah, me DJ too. Moore has all the same problems. He has this, yeah. you know, who's better, Cooper Rush or Baker Mayfield? I mean, and I mean that honestly. I'm not even trying to make fun of Baker. Like, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. like, no, Cooper Rush had one big game last <laughs> last mean, year. Um, it's the offensive line, though. You know, it's like. Baker. They're both below average, you know. They're yes, both not yes. that good. Like they're neither one of them's like, no, that's my guy. Like, come on, you know. So, at the end of the day, it's not a huge difference. And, you know, yeah, CD. Um, but in redraft, someone asked me that very question: What's the most? What's the furthest down in wide receiver you'd trade uh, CD Lamb for? And I was like, certainly all the way down to like the Juju area, which is, you know, Juju's probably higher than that now. But I just looked at straight ADP, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, I'd rather have Juju than CD in redraft easily, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. Juju might be the buy low too. I just changed his name uh, on Twitter today to Juju. I told you so, Smith Schuster. Yes, I saw that. That's good. Thank you. It's I, too I long. Like it's that. too long, guys. JJSS. I told you so. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I no, uh, if, I'm if known can, for being a little long winded. So, <laughs> if he can get to uh, Cooper Cup levels, I'll be very happy for sure. Yeah, you saw that, the uh, who's this year's Cooper Cup. I mean, yep. I would answer Juju every single time that question was asked, even though there's the real answer is no no one, but who's this year's Cooper Cup? It was definitely Juju. I mean, you know, to me it made all the sense in the world. I'm not saying he's – it's not it hasn't happened yet or whatever, but um, he, it just – you know, it it very much stands to reason, and I think he's a, he's a, he's a good play for, for the rest of the season, provided he stays healthy. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Kansas City do- offense does against a better defense because uh, yeah. they, they were getting free passes all game long against <laughs> yeah. Arizona. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, but uh, in, in the meantime, uh, Patrick Mahomes sure looked good having uh, a, a few more different options to use. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that's going to be good for the offense long term, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Um <clears throat> What uh, what are the upcoming weeks games are you looking most forward to, Scott? Um, as far as like uh, on the schedule, anything that you're like just kind of rubbing your hands together, you think it's going to be a great matchup? I and mean, we we talked about Atlanta uh, Rams to be uh, you know kind of an under the radar pretty good matchup maybe. Um, anything else? Or you want me to go with Theo first? Well, there's not much on the slate. I mean, it's really kind of a uh, I don't know. There's not that much there, right? I mean, I guess it's Monday night, the last game, Minnesota at Philly, I think is definitely the game that, you know, I'm I'm excited to see as I look at, look up and down. I mean, you know, if you look at green Bay hosting Chicago, you know, I own you uh, needs to happen. I mean, we really need to see uh, Aaron Rodgers step up. Um, I mentioned the Cincinnati at the Cowboys and, 
Um, the, the line looked like it moved a little bit, but do you guys, if you don't know the line, it's totally fine. But guess what the line is? Cincinnati in Dallas. Do you guys know? Cincinnati minus, minus seven and a half. That you, did you know that, or are you guessing? No, that? I'm guessing. It has to be seven and a half or eight, because I think they're going to mock uh, Yeah, I figured it was going to be at least seven. All they right, have to so, make a line big enough that, that you that consider Dallas when they right. set it. Totally. So I, so I agree, right? So it, it was eight, now it's seven, so whatever. Um, so you're right. But what I have do you wagered think, a few times in my life. What you know? do you think <laughs> that line was in August? Like if you were betting a future week two line, Dallas, Dallas, by two. Dallas, Dallas, my three. Something yep, like that. I said two, three is right. So the line has moved between 10 and 12, 10 and 11 points just from last week to this week. So, like, that's it, that's not all Dak. <laughs> that, that is right. not all Dak. Because if it was, if they were the team we thought they were and then Dak got hurt, it would be like five, four, mm-hmm. five, right? Maybe six, but it wouldn't be eight. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. That's wild. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that Green Bay-Chicago for the same reason you are. Uh, the other one I'm kind of looking forward to is uh, Arizona against the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to find out, you know, is Arizona really this bad or did they just kind of get caught flat? They, uh, they might be, right? And they even if they're they not, they be. could get smoked in that game pretty easily too. Devontae's got to be licking his lips for that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. That secondary looked horrendous. Yes. Uh, so... Yeah, that's, oh. and that his that they said that's the first time I believe his grandparent his grandparents have come to the game, so it's been like the whole Adams family is in Vegas right now, ready to watch him. Um, he could go for two hundred yards. Um, <laughs> but I, I talked to Dan about that in the pregame. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Mini Philly. Um, but I think that the Washington Detroit game is sneaky because I think both those teams are really going to go for it. It could be a, yeah. a good source of fantasy points. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, like I wrote about. Carson Wentz in my waiver wire article and I and I talked about him on our waiver wire pod and I'm like it's wild to me because I never thought I'd be talking Wentz but he has so many weapons you know Dotson and Samuel and McLaurin and and Logan Thomas and and the two running backs can catch passes so Washington's like they're fun right now and and I think Detroit um you know you saw that they got they were getting smoked by Philly and they just keep fighting and fighting um and they're going to go into. They're going to. They're going to have the same mentality against Washington. So that game's going to be really high scoring, and that could tilt fantasy weeks. I'll say it again. Do you guys agree with this? Uh, Detroit should trade for Gardner Minshew and start him immediately. Yes. Yes. Do you that guys like be, that take? Oh, I love that would it. be fun. That would be. Uh, super all you fun. have to say is Gardner Minshew, and I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, dude. Like that team, like I, I say it all the time. Like, what are your expectations? Like, if you're like honestly, truth serum in the vein. With Goff, what's your expectation, like, ceiling? Like, eight, nine wins? Like, if, if yeah. everything just goes perfect, right? Right. No, yeah. Not a playoff team with this guy. What is your expectations with Gardner? Like, I know your, maybe your floor is lower, I guess, or whatever, but, like, don't you start getting a little excited that you might be able to win 10, 11 games? Like, just a little yeah. bit more, like, spark? And, and, and yeah. then take all that away. Even if you think you're not a playoff team either way, what way is the most enjoyable fucking Sunday afternoon possible other than Dan Campbell and Gardner Minshew like living out of a trailer together wearing jean shorts and like cut off flannels and just fucking pounding and shotgun and beers and... before the game? Like this is what we need. <laughs> Not only that, that would be a I lot mean, of the, fun. The, the post-game pressers would be off uh, the hook. They'd both like grow handlebar mustaches. Like it would just be, it'd just be dope. Yeah, I, I need it so bad. I want it. And, and on the field, I mean, you know, Minshew just with the 
the old DGAF, uh, you know, throws down the field and, you know, yeah. let, let my guys go get it. Yep. I mean, you know, they've got some players there. Golf. They've got some players there. That's a that's a sneaky good roster. Um, what was the other one? Oh, hey, the other one, you know, D- Denver s- kind of secretly kicked the shit out of Seattle. They fumbled twice on the goal line. Like, there was yes. some th- – they fucked up the end of the game. Like, they, they gave up a, like an early touchdown when they were sleeping. I, after that, they kind of like smoked them. Like, but they should have they should have scored two or three more too easily, three maybe more touchdowns. Like, it should have almost been a blowout, right? Um, and it wasn't, you know. And so now San Francisco gets that team. Uh, they're home and they're favored by you know eight or nine, eight and a half, depending on where you're looking. If Trey Lance doesn't kind of put it on this team, I'm going to start the panic meter just a little tiny bit here. It's a must-win game for for the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and I'll say Feels that like the it. other thing, the other thing that, that didn't help Denver is uh, their head coach has no balls. None. Um, and oh. it's 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 insane to me. It's one of the craziest endings we've ever seen. Um, that he doesn't go for it on fourth and five with Russell Wilson, and you're paying him all that money. It and you go for like a 65-yard field goal. It's nuts. Yeah, and actually, right. you know, the game theory there, too, is, first of all, you have a better chance of converting fourth and five than making the field goal, so therefore you should go for it easily. But also, if you don't make it, if you hurry up and don't make it, you st- didn't they have three timeouts? Yes. Yes. So they really still had, like, the crazy, you know, stop them with a minute left, get the ball back, still 40, 50, 30-something seconds to, like, you know, get in the field goal range again. So they would have – technically gotten the ball back again i mean obviously they would have had to have stopped them but i mean i'm pretty sure you can stack the line and tell gino to beat you i mean that's not happening they're gonna run it three times you know what i mean like you had that opportunity and so i i don't know i with three timeouts it's it's an easy call it's just get up there and run it let's go let's run the play let's get it you know you had them on their heels too i i I don't understand it yeah i'm with you 100 percent. like there was like a minute 10 wasn't there if you watch the 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 replay it was uh eli and and peyton um, and, and Peyton Manning's just sitting there just in pain watching yeah. it for about 30 seconds. Hilarious. He's going like this for like 30 seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So since we did touch a little bit on the 49ers, let's, uh, let's get a couple of these questions out there before we, we get everybody out of here because we don't want to go too much uh, longer here. But um, what, do you, what are you thinking on uh, 49ers um, touches in the backfield? Um, Scott, you got any ideas on that, or you you're used mystified as everybody else? Well, definitely mystified. But we talked about this on my pod with Travis Seal this week, and um, you know my my chip is going in on TDP, especially at cost because I think he's free. Um, you know, a lot of people felt like I love Jordan Mason. I called Jordan Mason. I was telling people to roster Jordan Mason in Dynasty, the whole thing, and he made the team. There's my victory, but. People who are saying, oh, Jordan Mason is ahead of TDP because he played and was active, that's that's incorrect because if they wanted Jordan Mason to be the direct backup to Elijah Mitchell, his chance was this past weekend and they gave him zero. So it ain't Jordan Mason. So it's probably Jeff Wilson with the veteran deference. But at the same time, I think they're going to activate TDP. They're going to keep Jordan Mason activated. I think Jordan Mason stays where he is, which is the third running back on the team special teams guy and then it's kind of like Wilson will start and I think they're going to like see what TDP can do and if he goes out there and makes a couple big plays the quote-unquote hot hand becomes TDP and I think there's a very very good likelihood that it's then him 
So remember, I said the same thing about, uh, by the way, I'm a little bit skeptical about Elijah Mitchell going forward as an asset. A lot of people are like, oh, eight weeks, he'll be back. Look, the reason that Elijah Mitchell got his chance was because the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan don't give a fuck about who is where. They're just going to play the hot hand. The guy they feel gives them the best chance. And if that is any one of these guys, even Jordan Mason somewhere along the line, it'll be them, not Elijah Mitchell when he comes back. So uh, I, I said if uh, if Kyle Shanahan was driving a minivan with all these guys in it and Elijah Mitchell comes back, they ain't saving him shotgun. He's getting in the back of that van. Yeah, they, they have no loyalty to, to anybody there when Thank it comes you. to running backs. And, you know, it's uh, – I, TDP would be interesting. It would be super interesting. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't have any. Flashed... Go ahead, Dan. You know, I, I don't have any real strong confidence starting Jeff Wilson this week uh, no. at all. I mean, you know, if I if I need him, I'm going to throw him in there. Yeah, uh, but I I don't I don't feel great about it. Well, especially with Debo. Uh, Debo took what eight right. carries last week. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's going to take a few. Trey Lance takes a few. Yep. Uh, I mean, the goal line's not any – I don't know, man. It's not a backfield I really want to be invested in. But I feel like, you know, if you're going to take a swing, it might as well be on the third-round rookie. Right. So here, here's a here's a, a starting lineup question for you. If you had to go Jared McKinnon or uh, Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Uh, this is, this, this is uh, completely hypothetical hypothetical i don't I think actually have let's to play jerick mckinnon so you have something to cheer for mm-hmm. tonight um and because i've got him in one of my like whatever not millie makers but you know the tournament plays tonight i've got him in a couple a couple lineups this this evening just kind of hoping he breaks a couple big ones or something you know he's he's one of those guys that can do it so uh he'll probably be low owned in this particular matchup too i i don't maybe not maybe i'm wrong about that yep kareem hunt right. easy scott kareem yeah. hunt kareem, kareem hunt. hunt scott slam yeah. it home yep same. I, I couldn't even imagine pushing the button, putting Monty in my lineup. It'd just be such a, like, you know, yeah, right. peeking over the – that's boring. so bad. He had one yard per carry this past week, like one, two or something. It was awful. Yep, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, let's let's go ahead and uh, we'll get everybody out of here. Uh, we got about – 10, 15 minutes before game time, you know, so if you need to go out and buff those uh, starting lineups, do your last double checks, all that kind of stuff, you got a chance to do it. Uh, but we really appreciate having Scott on. Uh, Theo, any any final words before we get out of here? No, I mean, this was awesome. Uh, we, we always appreciate having Scott on. Um, I highly recommend you listen to his podcast. Um, just put Jax Falcone in the Undroppables. Um, a couple they have a they have a number of good podcasts, but specifically the ones um, you know with Scott are ter- tremendous. Um, every time he's on the Go District, it's just fire. And then we have uh, next week's a really fun one. We've got um, Matt Modica and um, and uh, Michael Edelman, two of the best NFFC players there are, coming on for a high stakes roundtable um, where we're going to talk about you know some. We'll have two weeks of data, so it'll be super cool to talk with those guys on Tuesday. Um, Andrew Schellenberg um, and and I are going to be doing something with the guilds. Um, Andrew Geller next week. Um, time to be determined, but we drafted a main event team, and we're going to have a catch-up show. Um, I'm going to be doing my, my waiver wire show, and then next Thursday night we have the great Pat Mitz, uh, Fitzmaurice, um, Fitz on Fantasy, who's you know big-time fantasy pros guy. 
if you're, you're most likely following him if you if you play fantasy football. He's going to be coming on for our tailgate show as well. So we're we're lining them up. We're bringing the great great guests on, um, and we're trying to help you win your leagues and 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 stay on top of stuff during the season. Yep. And and one final one. Uh, this this one just hit the hopper today, but uh, I'm going to get on with uh, Nelson Sousa, and we're going to talk about our. Um, you know, I I put out a tweet uh, or a, a string of tweets uh, basically with um, everything I did in redraft as far as like who my uh, my biggest uh, players were as far as ownership percentage, who my big fades were, uh, you know, kind of how how my uh, ownership percentage looked in, you know, the various different rounds through the first 12 rounds, so forth like that. And, uh, and uh, Nelson uh, definitely thought that was pretty interesting. I think he's got some similar thoughts. So we're going to just get on and kind of talk through that uh, at some point, either late this week or early next week. So uh, look forward to that as well. But other than that, Theo, um, I think we got some uh, some lineups to double check. So let's get everybody yes. out here. Thanks, yeah. thanks for joining everyone. And uh, we'll be seeing you on, uh, what's the next one for sure? Tuesday or Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday. yep. Tuesday, we'll tweet it out if something comes up Monday. Um, but definitely Tuesday will be the waiver wire show sometimes during the day. And then in the evening, the high stakes round table, um, which should be a lot of fun. Yep, for sure.